0: Hey guys, welcome to Bagging Boardcast, episode number 364. I'm Chris, I'm John, and I'm
1: Paul. And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being, though we can bring you the top geek stories for the past week. Next is the list, the comic books that we are looking forward to coming out February 21st, 2018.
0: And We follow it up with our weekly rotating main topic, and this week it's time for the fourth part of our Great Marvel Movie Retrospective. We're going to be taking a look back at 2011's Thor, directed by Kenneth Branagh. Our very first Thor movie, and we got the third one like this past summer. Man, we loved Thor Ragnarok, so we have to absolutely adore the first Thor.
1: I think it'll be really interesting, because you kind of have to compare the two. Oh, yeah, that's... And he said this was our fourth? Yep, this is the fourth one. Don't you mean our fourth?
0: Uh, Ah.
1: You know... I can only come up with such clever things like that while I'm drinking. Hey, <laughs> Chris, what are you drinking this week <laughs> or tonight?
0: I didn't have a lot of time the other day, so I picked up a sampler pack Ooh. from Trouble Brewing from Walmart. And are you guys familiar with Trouble Brewing?
1: No, but no. it's
0: a clever name. Yeah, um, interestingness because I had never heard of them before, so I did a little bit of Google Foo to find out what Trouble Brewing is, and it might shock you guys to find out that they're based out of Rochester, New York. Oh, Community Beer Works?
1: No. Are not Community Beer Works, but uh, custom brew crafters?
0: No, Trouble Brewing is actually Walmart's quote-unquote craft brewer. And if you look up Trouble Brewing, their like, business listing is Genesee Brewings. Ah. Like the corporate office.
1: This is... Uh a couple, I think, a year ago, two years ago, they made a big deal that Walmart was making, like saying that they had a craft, that they were calling it craft beer when it was made by Genesee, and mm-hmm. people didn't like that they were trying to hide that fact. I I do remember. I don't think I've had anything from them, but I have. I do remember hearing about this. No,
0: I mean, it's it was a uh, it's a twelve pack. I picked it up for ten dollars. So I was like, you yeah, know, whatever. I had, there's four different types in here, so I'll probably go through all of them tonight. I had each one of them the other night after I got home from work. But today I'm actually starting off with their Round Midnight Belgian White. And actually, it's actually a pretty decent Belgian White. Uh, when I checked into this one on Untapped, I put it at a three and a half. It's it's not bad. I mean, it still probably takes something like a Blue Moon over it, just because Blue Moon's got that nice little citrus burst on it. But I,
1: I don't dislike this at all. Their listing on Untapped actually comes right on and says it. It's nice. Yeah. That's made it by Genesee. You gotta you gotta click more info about it. Because it calls it a microbrewery from Novoto CA United States. And then when you click on it, it says Trouble Brewing Company, Navoto CA. Trouble Brewing is brewed exclusively for Walmart by Genesee. So yeah, huh. that's funny, Chris. Not to cut you off, sorry, you're talking about no. your beer.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's not a bad beer. Um mm-hmm. one of the other ones in here is not too shabby either. We'll get around to it, but yeah, I Getting ahead of myself for a twelve pack for like ten dollars, I've spent more on worse beer. Honestly, <laughs> it sounds Even like a, like the one in here that I'm not a fan of. It's because it's a pale, and <laughs> it's hard for me to like justify buying pails ever.
1: It sounds like it's uh up there with uh, Magic Hat. Remember when I brought the uh, Walgreens oh, beer? Yeah. That was like uh, definitely better than uh, what was it Big
0: Moose or Big Wheel. What's in it? Like big it was
1: like it was something like that, yeah. Because yeah,
0: uh, Walmart definitely has a leg up on Walgreens.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Two walls enter, one wall leaves. Ten bucks isn't a bad price. Uh, Cause you think about like Saranac is, at is at thirteen ninety nine. Your Magic Hat's like at fourteen. Sam Adams. Sam Adams is at fourteen. And they also throw you three. Boston loggers, no matter which variety pack. No, you wasn't buy. it for Boston loggers? It because used to was like be an inappropriate amount. Yeah, it oh, used yeah. to be, and it was more money. <laughs> uh, but what are we drinking? Oh, we're we're drinking, guys. Put down your beer, because beer is for closers. Uh, beer's. This is uh, from Community Beer Works. It's an Imperial Espresso Milk Stout that tastes so much like coffee. It's the meme for this beer. Beer is for closers. This is a, a really coffee... Milk step. I get very little milk on it. Uh, you know, lactose... like Even mouthfeel, I don't get that. It's, it's all coffee. It's all coffee. It's a coffee step. It's very good. We end up grabbing uh, two crawlers from two releases this week from Community Beer Works. Grab yeah. this, and then the beer we'll have a little bit later. We've been drinking this for over an hour, Paul. Yeah, I believe and it's, it. It's a great it's, sipper. It's a, it really is a sipper. It keeps you going slow. But the coffee is just big on that. It's an Imperial stout, but uh, 7.5. So it's not a huge boy. No, but, I mean, it's up, it's up there. Yeah. All right. Especially it's up for being on the milk stout. This beer might have been a little smoother on draft and maybe prowl, prowlerling it for a couple days might have been. Crowler, I I couldn't make my mouth work. Uh, John's part Murlock. I don't know if you know this, Mm -hmm. so be careful. Yeah, it'll pop up. I will will be careful. But I think it might have. We didn't have this on tap there, but it might have been a little smoother, a little more creamier Mm -hmm. on tap, and just putting it into a crowler didn't work as much for the beer as it should have. That's depressing. (laughs) Uh, It's still good. I mean, but it's 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 coffee. It does have that viskiness to it, which is. Coating my glass right now as I emptied it into my mouth, and I drank the last bit of it. But I think yeah, I'll have to come back to this glass some more. It's so viscous that I thought I emptied out of my glass, but as it, it's slowly settling back, like everything's coming back down. you got more beer to drink. I've got more beer to drink, so it's like a, a, an everlasting gobstopper of a beer. Yeah, and um, I think we're going to probably just forego the news. We don't really have too much news that really came out that we are excited about really talking about. Yeah, that's nothing. So. Yeah, <laughs> you you acted like you wanted something, but you didn't, you brought nothing to the table. I brought nothing. I yeah, I brought personal news to the table, but nothing for the weekend geek. Yeah, I don't even remember what your personal news was. The Batman board game thing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, this yeah, I was zoned out when you were talking. Anyway, so oh. it's fine. Uh, so we're gonna go right into the list: the books that we are looking forward to coming out February twenty first, two thousand eighteen. Oh, yeah. What do you think Chris is looking forward to? Oh, Chris is looking forward to an old standby, a staple. And if I could look just looking at the covers for this week, I have to say he's looking forward to Green Lantern. No, but that is on
0: my pull list. I click back to the the tab that has that. Uh, No, I am looking forward to an old standby and it's actually going to be Nightwing number 39. This is just an off week for me. I don't have anything different or new coming out. Um, so this is a flashback issue to when he was Dick Grayson was actually Robin, uh, and it's his first run in with a new villain. So we'll, we'll see what that's all about.
1: That'll be fun
0: because it's you know it's just it's a it's a Nightwing book, so yeah, I'll read it. There's a Robin uh, written, written by Sam Humphreys, art by
1: Phil Jimenez. Okay, Chris, it's that one Robin story that everybody goes to, like it's Robin like on his own for that first like for that first night. And I'm forgetting whether or not it was a Tim or a um, Dick Grayson story that I read. Um, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Are you
0: talking? No, are you talking about the one that was like the miniseries where Batman was out of town? Because that's the Tim Drake one. Okay, that it was might, the Robin. That was the Robin two miniseries.
1: Uh, that might have been like the him miniseries. Against the Joker. Maybe that's it because people always like go be. Uh, people a lot of times will say, "Oh, that's one of the best Robin stories hands down." So this kind of like just re, how you described it kind of reminded me of that. You know, did, I'm a, back one needs a Robin on his own.
0: I'm looking forward to it. I've been trying to catch up on my back catalog of books. So hmm. what I have been doing is I've just been going back and buying, like, the chunks of arcs that I've missed out on just because I put stuff off for a while. So I probably won't be getting to this one anytime soon, but it looks like it's going to be, like, a quick one-shot. So I'll probably get to this one pretty, pretty soon. So I got all those other books that we read for the look back. It's hard to keep up on everything else. Oh, yeah.
1: You know, I'm picking a number but Paul, one. Paul, what are
0: you keeping up on?
1: Uh, I'm picking up a number one uh, this week, and I'm hoping that it's going to be good enough to make our look back. And that's The Brave and the Bold, Batman and Wonder Woman, uh, Batman and Wonder Woman number one. And this is, uh, I guess, they're calling it The Brave and the Bold for some reason. But it's just a Batman-Wonder Woman team-up book uh, miniseries for six issues. Well, and I, I like the fact that maybe they're doing these Brave and the Bold as team-up books, and you're gonna get like a six-issue miniseries going on. Mm-hmm. I, li- I like that idea. I would like, yeah, if they switched up the teams. But are they starting it over again, or is it always gonna be Batman with Brave and the Bold again? Or is it gonna be, are they gonna mix up the teams? I'm unsure. If that doesn't happen, if they don't switch up the the team-up, then I'll be a little disappointed that it's called Brave and the Bold. But I'm hoping this is a great story. It's uh, being written, and, and and the art is also being done by Liam Sharp. Uh, and this is basically Wonder Woman investigating a murder of a Celtic god. And a war is brewing with the Fae Folk, or the Fairy Folk, I believe they call them. And Batman is uh, researching crazy things happening in Gotham City. And it seems like two cases are related. Ooh! So I, I think it'll be cool to see uh, Wonder Woman mis- messing around with the mythology. Yeah, uh, I always like that when they cross those things. I would like to see North mythology get played into it. Maybe the war between the Celtics and the North myth- mythology that would be a lot of fun. It would be. Who's writing this again? Liam Sharp. And I also like it a lot when ever, especially in the Brian Azzarello run, which was great. The new gods and the old gods, like her her gods pantheon going up against the uh, new paths of uh, New Genesis. I, I enjoy it when they mix the peanut butter and chocolate together. Yeah. I like, I like the mythology. Nice. Sounds so. fun. Uh, I look forward to reading it if we get to read it. Yeah. Hopefully it's good enough that I will bring it to the table. God. In a book that probably won't be good enough for me to bring to the table... Uh, will be from D.C. This is Deathbed number one of six. This is written by Joshua Williamson and art by Riley Rossimo. And this story follows a reporter who used to be a novelist who has gone to the home of a 90-year-old man who says he's this famed adventurer that's been missing for 20 years. And she gets sucked into this crazy world of his, uh, not knowing if it's true or fantasy, if this person's really the person he says he is. Uh, seemed interesting. Not a lot coming out this week. It's the only thing that really caught me and went, hey, this might be interesting. I'm surprised. Hellboy BPRD 1955 One-Shot is coming out. Those, those are standbys. I pick those up every month. Oh, okay. um, they call them One-Shots, but it's all – It's it's just – they just, one, two, and then they do another one. It's BPRD, uh, Hellboy and the BPRB, 1954, colon, whatever the adventure is, and it's one or two issues. Well, so you're hoping DC does the same with Brave and the Bold. It would be nice. I, I think that would be fun, just they can team up any any team up and then do a miniseries. Whoever's got an idea and do it. Yeah. I, I would think like to see good. it as a showcase for a writer-artist, you know, somebody that wants to do do it all on their own. Yeah, it doesn't need to be six-issue miniseries. Yeah, well, one or two-shot, maybe even three-issues. I think it'd be fun. Yeah. I think that's when
0: Hellboy works his best, too, though. It's just, like, quick stories. What um, are you talking about? Well, I'm talking for both. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, I Is think like it works place.
1: It works. It's been working really well with uh, BPRD. So if they bring that model over to DC and let, like, Francis Manipole just do a quick two-shot story of her uh, uh, character that he isn't doing, you know, writing and drawing, that'd be fun. Colin, yeah, you know the piece. I haven't seen him on any book.
0: Yeah, I haven't seen him do anything you know. in a while. But also, I just don't buy that that much mm-hmm. DC
1: stuff. So. I would like to see him do a Captain Cold, brave in the bold, brave in the bold with Captain Cold, and like oh, that's just too big of a rhyme. Brave in the bold, Captain Cold with a uh, Golden Glider. Ah, that's a, I. I want to end with gold, and it didn't work. Something gold. Boots are gold. That's Golden right. boots. Golden boots are gold. There we go. There you go. There it is. Come on, Scott Collins. comment. it. Get on it, Scott Collins. Wherever you may be. It'd be really bad if he was dead and we didn't know. Hey, nee, I think he's still around. Scott Collins. He's doing just fine, guys. Don't worry about Scott Collins. Hey, do we have a Stanley medical update? No? Still going to do good? Okay. No, I think he's still. All right. All I think... Since he's been hospitalized and got out of the hospital, I think we should do a weekly, like, family look-in. <laughs>
0: so, oh, let me get I, gotta,
1: I have him on speed dial here. <laughs> still alive? All right. Good. Let's, let's move on. Uh, I'm,
0: I'm moving on to my next spirit before we get mm-hmm. any further in, because, like I said, I yeah. got four of them. Probably only wanted to really talk about three of them. But uh, out of the four-pack, this is well, the, the four varieties, I should say, the sampler pack. This would probably be number three on my list, but this is the Red Flag Amber. Again, it's not bad. Uh, they call it an ale with honey added. I'll take a little sippy sip.
1: Mm, take that sippy sip.
0: Yeah, it's got, a, it's got a nice little bit of sweetness to it. Not bad. It's not the the best amber out there. Ooh. But again, it's it's brewed by Genesee for Walmart. I wasn't expecting anything knock off, uh, knock my socks off from this, but... Yeah, it's it's drinkable.
1: Uh, you know, there are lots of Genesee. I mean, we voted Genesee Cream Ale the best bad beer you could get early on in this show's career. They put out...
0: I I, I would be willing to stand by that, even though it was like
1: uh, eight years ago. They do a Spring Bock, uh, Jenny Spring... Uh, Jenny Back beer, which is a spring release. It's an 8 12-pack. And the beer's good. You know, it's... I mean, if you're expecting a lot out of an 8 12-pack you know, your head out of your ass. <laughs> but yeah. for an eight ninety nine 99 Bach, it's something you could sit on the porch, knock back a couple and it's got enough mm-hmm. flavor to enjoy it.
0: I mean, I, I wouldn't take this over even something run of the mill, like a, with the, the fat tire, mm-hmm. uh, the new Belgium one, like that would still probably be like my bargatory go to Amber. Mm-hmm.
1: But again, like this it's fucking Walmart <laughs> beer, it's, it's not bad. It's, it's Genesee Walmart beer that you're buying in Florida. So it's really, really traveled well, from its source. Made it all the way down here. <laughs> and Paul and I are drinking another beer Ooh. from Community Beer Works. This is called Dude Incredible. This is a sour stout with raspberries. 6.7%. This is a nice beer. It's not um, as sour as I thought it was going to be. There's the perfect amount of tartness to the sour that is heightened by the raspberry. It's a really nice drinking beer. I have I have no problems with it. I'm, it's a $14 well spent. It's really nice. It's a good sour. It's it's that right bit of sour for me where it's not overly puck, puckery, you know, mm-hmm. when I take a sip. But it's enough sour to slow me down instead of just chugging the fruity goodness that's held within. You know, like a good Sour Patch Kid when... When you're right in the middle of the Sour Patch Kit, where there's still the sour, but the sweetness starts to come through like that. That perfect sweet spot. The actual sweet spot, the uh, Sour Patch Kit. Uh, If you mixed, if you just had a regular uh, regular stout, there's nothing too amazing left or right, it's not roasty, it's not too Mm -hmm. choked, and you mix that with a raspberry lambic, Mm -hmm. that's what this is. It's a, I'd probably say it's a step down from mixing, like, a Guinness with oh, yeah. a raspberry Lambic yeah. because you get a little more robustness mm-hmm. with the Guinness. And that Lambic is just that really nice mm-hmm. raspberry. But i say this is on par with that raspberry flavor you would get out mm-hmm. of that mix. Stout is a little wanting. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a nice drinking beer. I have no problems with this. The only problem I have is it in calling itself incredible. It's yeah. let's do it. do it good you're okay <laughs> good all right Goodbye. that's depressing uh I, it's it's good it is good and i don't want to say it's not an enjoyable drink mm-hmm. i think you, you can do a better job buying two different beers and mixing it together but uh, it's not it's not bad yeah it's it's drinkable um i wouldn't and pour it. Yeah. I I yeah. I would drink this to the end, mm-hmm. it and it drinks a good. lot easier than the milk, the oh, yeah, the, yeah. The, the espresso milk stuff I keep on going back because I want that raspberry in my mouth again. I just the raspberry is a great raspberry yeah. flavor, and the nose on it is really good. Mm-hmm. I like that one beer that we had last time, which smelled so bad, but but it taste good. It was a nice, riny, sea beer. You know, all about being tippy. I do.
0: I don't know how to segue that. So now, a dramatic reading from Justice League, number one, page 17,
1: panel one. I can hear you. Where are you? Stolen power. Our
0: power. That was a dramatic reading from Justice League, number one, page 17,
1: panel one. I should have done a, just like a weird, maybe Israeli, not maybe Simitskirian accent for Wonder Woman there. No, that was fun. I was wondering what was, you were going to do for breathy. Wonder Woman. Because
0: I, I, well, I cold read it. I was like, oh, shoot. Honestly, I don't. Wonder Woman. I don't think you could have messed that up at all because I don't even remember anything about that book. And we read it for the show. Wow.
1: <laughs> what book? You,
0: yeah. Oh, it's a horror? Justice League number one. Oh, oh. that's Justice League
1: number one? Man. That's a blast from the past. It is. Way back when. From the Rebirth and the New 52? Like that one? Uh, I
0: can't click over now. I think it was... It wasn't from the New 52. I think it was from like the previous... From the original. Because was from like 2015. 14 or 15. I can't remember. Yeah. I just clicked, yeah, that I would clicked have back been to my comic
1: yeah. yeah, that would have been the 52. Okay. Yeah, since
0: we're, since we're taking a look back at other things, why don't we continue our generous look back at... The past 10 years of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, with the fourth part of phase number one, uh, this is...
1: Sorry, the, the what formula. part?
0: The fourth part. No, I, I'm not saying... I, I
1: thought we agreed at the so beginning we, of the show. No. no. Nobody agreed to it. <laughs> it was you so said, you it. said it. Everyone <laughs> silently grunted to themselves. <laughs> oh, oh, So we're not saying the fourth part? No, no, we're not. No, no, we're not nobody. doing that. Not at all. Okay. Nobody will but you. <laughs> okay. Really? thought that. was a think. Okay. Cool. Uh, so, sorry. Go ahead, nope. Chris. Go. Keep going. Not a thing.
0: Stop trying to make fourth or Thor <laughs> thing. I can't even say it. When I when I said it, I feel like I was saying dwarf. <laughs> like dwarf goes golfing. Really? But yeah, uh, this is the fourth part of the Marvel Phase One Cinematic Universe. Also, our first Thor standalone movie. Our first introduction to the
1: cinematic universe Thor.
0: Yeah, and I think the most lasting thing to come out of this, uh, our first introduction to Tom Hiddleston's Loki, which I'm sure we'll talk more about later. But yeah, directed by Kenneth Branagh, and I remember being kind of surprised when I found out that he was actually going to be the director for this. Uh, didn't really see him doing big budget comic book superhero movie.
1: But he would be someone that Marvel would go to because this should be a thespian yeah. kind of uh, movie with it being Thor, so why not get a thespian stage and screen actor-director to do it? Yeah. And in that thought process, I was like, oh, the Shakespearean, this, yeah, this the guy, guy that did Hamlet, this, the guy, the Hamlet, this yeah. guy would be perfect for it. And I mean, he's someone who... And I- He's someone who did bring in Tom Hiddleston. He brought him in because he'd worked with him on stage. It was like, this guy's a fantastic actor. And he first read for the role of Thor. <laughs> really? Oh, they touched a bullet and got him as Loki. Yeah.
0: And I, I think this is really where it became apparent that they were going to be doing something different with each of these movies because on their own, they, it doesn't seem like this could be part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but there's enough connective tissue in here where it's like, no, like this does make sense. Like, it's not just part of it in in name. There's enough to this that makes it feel like part of it, while still being standalone. Like, I had my mom watch this movie last time I was in Buffalo, and she had seen any of the other. Um, Marvel Cinematic Movies except for like the first Iron Man and that was back when it came out but she actually really wound up enjoying it because it wasn't what she thought it was going to be
1: I think this is the first time that it really said oh let's let's change it a little bit let's make it more genre because they missed the boat with First Avenger which was filmed at the same time because if they made that more of a war story Mm -hmm that movie would have been better. We'll, we'll get to that, because your here, whole thing was like, you no, know, the cool parts is when he's knocking out off those Hydra bases, and they show it in a montage! And you're like... Yeah. We'll talk about that yeah. next, move, next movie. Yeah. But this is, I think, where yes, it was taking that idea of what is Thor and that concept and then saying, okay, how do we make that into a film genre? And um, I think... They stayed with that in the second one for the most part. Yeah. It's when Thor keeps having to go to earth. that The movies suffer with the Thor franchise. Thor should take place on other realms, not earth when he's on earth. Um, yeah. I think that's when he should be with the Avengers. I, yeah, well, cause I was going to say, I don't, I don't think
0: that's true at all because I think when he, you do get to see him interacting with the Avengers, that's when Thor's at his best besides besides Ragnarok. I think Thor they try to go so big and broad because it's supposed to be that big Norse sweeping action epic. And this is the the Marvel Cinematic fantasy story. You know, they're dealing with frost giants and you know, later on, elves. It's this is fantasy. It's maybe not high fantasy, but it's it definitely has fantasy elements to it. Um, I, I think Thor just works better when he's being a little bit more grounded, but he's still he's still that bigger than life character. I mean, even kind of look further down the line when we get there, because you know that's what this whole retrospective is. It's looking at the movies from the past with what we know now, seeing him alongside these other huge characters like Iron Man, Captain America the Hulk, he still just seems so out there yeah. because he's Thor.
1: And the thing that I, th- coming back to this movie, that I appreciate is Thor as a fish-out-of-water character. Like yeah. him breaking the the mug of coffee being like, what's this? It's coffee. More of this! Yes. I'll have more of it! And he smashes it down, and you're like, yeah, because, you know, he's, he's out of town, he doesn't know how to act. He's one of the he's one and of the just, king of the gods. Just before we
0: get before we get any further to uh, Thor, of course, played by Chris Hemsworth. I mm-hmm. uh, already mentioned Loki uh, with Tom Hiddleston, uh, and then we have kind of the human element of this movie with Jane Foster, aka Natalie Portman. I
1: hate the Thor movies. Yeah, well, I don't blame her. I kind of I don't I don't know if I've ever seen a movie where she's the love interest where I've been like oh yeah. She is playing a person that's actually falling in love with somebody else. Like Uh, she did it when she was 11 years old with Leon the Professional. (laughs)
0: The Professional. Yeah, um, can see that movie. I mean, she's she's not the only human element to these movies. We also have Eric Selvig, who's going to come back in kind of a key role in Avengers, and then we also have the sentient uh, sentient. Pair of boobs known as Denny. <laughs> it
1: was enjoyable to watch. She was fun. You was only gonna... like her because yeah, she... of the boobs, Paul. Huh? I like boobs. I don't know. Much. Uh, She's but funny. No,
0: like, <laughs> I, I, I think she has the most charisma of any of the other the human was characters. It? Like you get some moments from Selvig when him and Thor are out drinking, and like they get drunk, and Thor brings them back to like their Winnebago, and he's like, he made his ancestors proud
1: Yeah. Uh, that's that's yeah. fun, you know? Yeah, but it's uh, fun because Thor's reacting to him. Eric exactly. isn't that much fun.
0: It, it's yeah. his job to say that, the crazy scientific stuff, because if it came out of Natalie Portman, people just kind of like gloss over, yeah. I think, because that makes her...
1: Egghead.
0: Uh, it, ma- it makes her an egghead. It makes her less enticing to like the nerd. She's
1: on. also very much the downer of, of the movie. She's playing it that yeah. way. Yeah. She's like, no, I can't believe he's an actual guy from stars, even though I've been chasing a gateway to this, a uh, uh, Einstein Rosenbridge. But then they, they also have her That's like, she's like, no, I don't like him. I, you know, it's like her character is really poorly defined. Because yeah. she's supposed to be this really smart, independent woman, but then she's like, ooh, Chris Elmsworth with the shirt off. Ooh, my knees are melting. I mean, in
0: in her defense, though, even, I was like... Well, yeah. I well, yeah. D- dude's cut. <laughs> um, but no, like, she is a scientist. Um, Kat Dennings Darcy is her, like, intern as they're researching these Guildenstern Rosencrantz bridges, oh, whatever see. you call yeah. them. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's exactly it and at, at the same time flash over to the Asgardian realm of Asgard where we see Thor lead his band of miscreants on an adventure where Thor's no longer deemed worthy by his father uh, Odin the larger than life uh, Anthony Hopkins Anth- Anthony Hopkins and going back and rewatching this and then still even seeing it now i know he's supposed to bring like a gravitas to to the role but i just see this as like oh he's kind of just showing up there <laughs> and talking loudly at the people in the room with him i don't get any kind of feeling from him being
1: no here. i think the script was written knowing that it was sir anthony hopkins that was going to deliver the lines and they're like and he's like what the fuck do I have to say now <laughs> you know and he's just like all right I'm saying it I think because it's, it's like no, to, it's work it's a paycheck I think it's a little bit of that and it's all, all just Anthony Hopkins is there and he's saying stuff and you're like no you go give him direction no 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 <laughs> you go give him direction he's well, like, I'm the
0: director and then someone finally goes over and he's like I'm Anthony Hopkins I'll say it how I want so it. me to craft services and shut the hell up how's my wig <laughs> But I, I'm honestly surprised he's even come back for Dark World and Ragnarok because I feel like this would have just been one of those things that he he did it to do it. And I don't know what the draw
1: is for Anthony, him. Chuck. Anthony Hopkins, if you look at his career, will do any movie he is asked to do because he's like, I like money. Yeah, <laughs> he, looks money. he uh, likes money. Remember he was like... The head of the Secret Service with Chris Rock? And he had a like, hey, Chris Rock, your twin brother was this great Secret Service guy. He's dead. Now I need you. Or a uh, CIA? I now I need you, Chris Rock, to be I in I have the no CIA. idea what movie you're talking about. It might just be a fever yeah, dream that you had. No, it's a real movie. Starring Sir Anthony Hopkins and Chris Rock. Chris Rock. I will find it. All right. Fuck amongst yourselves. Okay. You do you do that. You do no. You do that <laughs> on your own
0: time because I'm I'm done yeah. with. <laughs> dealing with Anthony Hopkins shit. Um, uh, th- but also uh, over on the side of Asgard, uh, we have the ever awesome Eaters Elba as Heimdall. Who doesn't do uh, much in this movie? No, but he doesn't do much in any of them. But every time you see him, you're like, <laughs> yeah, Heimdall's cool. And I was really surprised with Thor Ragnarok because it seemed like he was going to have a lot more to do in it, finally. And the stuff that they had to do was like, okay, no, this is cool. Like, he's the one ushering the Asgardians to safety. Like, awesome. Yeah, but it's just, like, a, one scene yeah, of that.
1: Providing a way out. Because that's all his character uh-huh. really does is he's, he's the elevator guy. You know, he's the guy that opens up the elevator and presses the button for you. Like that's Hunt Heimdall in this first movie. Like, that's all he does. I think that's just the character in general. Yeah. So, there's not much to do there. He's basically mm-hmm. Harriet on uh, Perfect Strangers. I, I don't remember
0: that reference. Yeah, I don't. The only Harriet I know is the spy oh, from the Nickelodeon no. movie. And I'm trying to find a way to connect those two. Anna.
1: Harriet from uh, Perfect Strangers and then it's spun off to be uh, the Urkel show. Family, Family matters. matters. Okay.
0: Oh, okay. So yeah, it has nothing to do with actually opening doors. Just, no. Like,
1: yeah. The spin-off character. No, no. She opens it on Perfect Strangers. She operates the elevator. She opens up the door. The Have only... you been watching all of uh, TGIF <laughs> on Hulu because they all went up there? <laughs> no, but He's the only elevator operator I could think of. Royal Tenenbaum. There you go.
0: That's the reference I get.
1: (laughs) What's the character's name that opens up the elevator? Dusty. Dusty, okay. But he's basically Dusty. But also Royal Tenenbaum is a a, elevator operator. In the hotel he's kicked out of. So there you go. Hey Hemdahl, you want to make it take it to a grinding halt? I'll take it to a grinding halt. Paul. <laughs> so Hemdahl, Hemdahl is the Dusty? of the royal tenabombs of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. What do you really want from the guy?
0: I don't know. I want him to be Idris Elba doing cool
1: shit. He gets a little bit, of, and then the second one, remember, you're like in the second movie, he runs with the sword. <laughs> He jumps off the bridge, and he puts his sword in the spaceship, and he crashes it.
0: That's true. He does do that. That's a cool one. And then there's like... Uh, oh, yeah. if you So everything else leads up to Thor winding up on Earth to chase Mjolnir um, and become worthy once again. <laughs> Meanwhile, fighting against the machinations of his uh, evil and
1: awesome brother, Loki. I, you know, it's really hard to play. Like, a menacing, like, he's not menacing at all in this movie. It's not like he's there twisting a mustache or coming out with this great plan, but he's he's manipulating things so subtly that as you're watching it, you're not really sure he's actually manipulating anything.
0: But that's, I mean, that's why I think Loki works so great as a villain, because he doesn't have to be there. Yeah, exactly. And I'm going to I'm gonna bring up Wonder Woman again, like oh. Dr. Doctor Poison and then the other dude. They're like, yes,
1: we, we will be poisoning the people. <laughs> and give him my like, steroids where I can crush this gun. And then you're like, it's, why? And ultimately, that's what
0: makes Loki the most likable villain, I think, mm-hmm. from any of the Marvel Cinematic Movies. because and I think that's why you keep seeing him come back, because we're going to have him, you know, two movies from now with the Avengers, and he's a constant in Thor. He even pops up in some other stuff, you know? Like, he's he's there, and it's always awesome. Yeah, the
1: most Mushroom Twirly we get is him in Mushroom Avenger. Twirly? Not Mushroom. Mustache? Mustache Twirly. The thing that's on your face? Yeah, the thing on my face. I don't have any mushrooms. I know I'm a fun guy. I'm not that kind of fun guy, though. Anywho, your point <laughs> you were trying to make, but only in the Avengers do we get him as like that full on villain. villain. And it doesn't even quite play right there. You know? It's. Well, because I, I think at that point,
0: we know he's not the big bad. We already have the knowledge that, okay, he's a pawn for Thanos. You don't see Thanos until the end, but you know he's working for someone that, as nerds inside the bubble, we know, like, okay, like, this is this is what we're going to be seeing as the overarching nemesis for the Marvel Universe. I
1: think it was, like, in Thor Ragnarok, it was said best about, like, it sums up Loki. Uh, he pretended to be a snake, because I love snakes, and when I picked <laughs> up the snake, he turned into Loki, and he stabbed me. We had a good laugh about that. <laughs> yeah. Like... He's going to he's gonna do that. He's going to hopefully do the right thing when he's supposed to do mm-hmm. the right thing. But you can't trust him because that's him in a nutshell. He's yeah, yeah. the god of mischief. He's, he he's loves, Scorpion. He I mean, loves Scorpion his brother, but he hates his father for lying to him all those years. And and, lo- and then loving his brother more, so he holds that yeah. against him. And I think those are things that they got right about this character in this movie in the second Thor movie and in the Ragnarok and Ragnarok, they misplace him in Avengers. That's because funny. he was the breakout character of Thor that they're like, who does everybody love? Loki. Yeah. We got to put him in. Yeah, and then Paris Avengers. scene when they're in, or in yeah, Paris when they're outside of the Louvre or is that in Austria? That no, that's Germany. in Germany. Oh yeah. Because Captain America shows up and says, I remember somebody giving a very similar speech here in Germany before. I well, punched him in the face. Well also that guy <laughs> was like I've heard of talk of this before and I will never get yeah. my eyes away from Oh, so, you know, when Loki is used that way, it's wrong in, in Avengers. But here, in the first Thor movie, this is why people love Loki. And I think this Thor movie doesn't age that well because now we got Ragnarok. It, it doesn't.
0: And it's honestly it's hard to go back and watch this one. They definitely made big strides with wig technology from uh, <laughs> Thor to um, Avengers, even just because Chris Hemsworth. It's the makeup and the wig. It's it's pretty rough.
1: Um, but I, I, I was going to try to the, try to get the positives is... out. I know it's hard, but no, the two um, positives are Loki being used right and the comedic ability of Chris Hemsworth as a fish-out-of-water character, which I think, those two things, they, they, those are the two real through lines that they use to bring us to Thor Ragnarok. Like, those are...
0: No, I, I, I agree, and I think even looking outside the Thor movies, it's... You have that ability to... Again, Thor, he's larger than life. Like, you can do that crazy, dumb, stupid stuff with him because... It's at that point. It's mm-hmm. funny, um, even like two years ago when they had the Ghostbuster movie. Not not Ghostbuster. That was um, really good. He was really funny in that. The, yeah, he was fu- he was funny in that too. Uh, but they had that. It was like what Thor was doing during Civil War. <laughs> it was like the mini movie of him, like with his roommate. Uh-huh. You couldn't do that with any of the other Avengers and have it work because everyone else is too much of a regular Hat-Man. person having Steve Rogers working in an office with a roommate, it, it's not it's not funny. It might be kind of yeah. charming.
1: You could do it with Ant-Man, it might, with Paul Rudd. Yeah, but Paul also, Rudd could yeah, do yeah, anything. That's just
0: because... Yeah, that's just Paul Rudd, because you see him, and you're like,
1: <laughs> Paul Rudd, look at that guy. <laughs> but that was also uh, <laughs> Tiki guy. Watiti. The... See, exactly. That <laughs> was uh, Watiti, the director of... of Ragnarok, who did those? So, like, of course it was going to be yeah. funny. That guy's hilarious. Uh,
0: I think Thor does deserve a little bit of an honorable mention, too. Um, this movie does actually introduce a lot into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And, guys, guess what? I have a list of... Alright, uh, I'm ready. Uh, I'm cracking my knuckles. Right. Crack, crack, crack. <clears throat> All right, make sure that, make sure these okay. check out. I got my pencil for but check But we have marks. So, we have uh, Doctor Eric Selvig mentions another scientist that he knows who got mixed up with some stuff from Shield. Uh, this guy was a pioneer in gamma radiation.
1: Oh, mm. uh,
0: Hulk. So, so Hulk, Hulk, that checks out. Yeah, but uh, they already introduced the, the Hulk in the Hulk. Yeah. No, but that's the thing. This is. But this is, again, Paul, this is about how it's building into the Oh,
1: space. this is connective tissue. I thought you said this yeah, is how so they they, this, they no, inter-
0: no, this is the connective tissue. This is what's really, like, solidifying. Oh, I thought when you
1: mentioned this, that you said this is what they No, shut up introduced. and let me talk. You got it wrong. Okay. Stop talking. Uh, hey, we
0: get uh, Clark Gregg back as Agent Coulson again. Hot on the trail of Mjolnir, landing in... Uh, in New Mexico. Checkmark, he's an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Checkmark, he's an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. And uh, when the Destroyer shows up, he mentions that, uh, looks like one of Starks. Boom! Iron Man checkmark, reference. Iron Man
1: reference. It's
0: There. Uh-huh. Uh, also in Asgard, in Odin's vault, we see Infinity Gauntlet. We now know, as of Thor Ragnarok, that one's a fake, because hella totals. Mm-hmm. Checkmark. Check mark.
1: Also, okay. uh, at
0: the shield base, we also get to know our first other named agent of shield with Jasper Sitwell. Oh yeah, who we later find out is actually a secret Hydra operative working. And N2. second check mark,
1: another agent
0: of shield. Clinton. Clinton. Are, are you, are you Clinton. going, uh, Clint Barton? Clinton. Exactly. Yeah, uh, I remember that being just like such a cool moment. Where he's like looking for the guns and he's like, no, bow and arrow. And it's just one of those like – I'm pretty sure like one of us had to elbow the other person when that happened.
1: Oh, we had to. But my favorite thing was walking out of the theater and the guy, like the guys behind us were like, what do you mean Hawkeye was in the movie? <laughs> and we, like Chris and I both looked at each other like, is this guy serious? He even says like, use a gun, Clint. And then he's like about to grab the gun and then he grabs the bow and arrow. Mm-hmm. Come on. I... Come on, guy behind me in the God. theater. <laughs> uh, a lot
0: of fun. Uh, Stan Lee also has his requisite cameo appearance as one of the people in Mexico trying to pick up the owner, which is a fun moment in the film. Uh, this is also where we get to see uh, Thor and known comic book writer... J. Michael Straczynski appear as well. He's the dude with the beard who first tries to pick mm. up the hammer,
1: unable to do it. Nobody's able to do Even it. Even Sam Lee with his pick-up truck. Nope. Did I get it? Yeah. Uh,
0: and then also back at Asgard, uh, sitting between two of the warriors, uh, Volstagg and Sif, we have Walt Simonson. Oh. Who's worked on Thor for years? Uh, so, some fun little cameos in there that, you know, pay homage to the comic book legacy of Thor. Um, but yeah, I think when we came out of this movie, we all liked it a little bit more than we thought we were going to going into it. At this time, we didn't have the Jason Aaron Thor series. Mm-hmm. So, we weren't really. We had
1: it. nothing going in, going, we loved Thor. Yeah. We expect yeah. a great Thor movie. We went in going, This is a Thor movie. The most we're we comic book nerds, we need to watch this. The most we had was Adventures in Babysitting. When, oh, the, yeah. when the mechanic comes down. And the little girl says it's Thor. Yeah. She
0: mm-hmm. loves Thor. Um it's definitely not my favorite of the Marvel Cinematic Universes. Not my favorite of the phase one, but I can't say it's not my least favorite.
1: Uh, I, I still like this one a lot. Uh, I think this would, out of what we've seen, the four movies that we're talking about, and at the end of it, we always put them in oh, order. Yeah, them in order. Uh,
0: when, so b- before before we get into that, because I've been keeping track of what you guys say, John, your list is Iron Man, number one, Iron Man, number two, two. And then Incredible Hulk three. Paul, yours is Iron Man, Iron Man two, and then Incredible Hulk. Um, so where does
1: Thor fall in place for it'd you? It'd be guys? number two. It'd be Iron Man, really? and then it'd be Thor. I would watch Thor over Incredible Hulk. I Incredible Hulk. I watched it for a second time. I started watching it before we started doing these shows and I turned it off and was like, ah, I don't need to watch this. Then we started doing these and then I was like, Oh, I should finish watching it for the show. I never need to watch that movie again. Iron Man two. I would watch the first, the race car scene where whiplash blows up the car and and then turn it off.
0: That is a that is a fun scene just been like uh,
1: I really like
0: it. you've got happy like trying to crash the car mm-hmm. into him.
1: Yeah. After that, I'm not going to watch anything else about that movie. I've never had the inkling to go back and watch it again. Thor? I looked for it today to watch it again because I was like, "You know what? I like Thor. I've watched it several times in the past. If it were on TV, I'd watch it. I'd put it on." And maybe I'd watch till a commercial break on, you know, TBS, yeah. and then change it. I would go, oh, I can't find anything. Let's go back to Thor. And I think that's where it lies. It lies in it's a actual, you can sit and watch it. The other ones, I think, once you've seen them, I'm done with them. But there are enough good moments throughout the movie, you know, uh, the fight scene in the beginning, the the diner scene when we you know yeah. we talked about he throws that, Ubi. and um him breaking into the shield thing to try to get his hammer back when he finally gets his hammer back when he fights when he fights loki on the bridge all great scenes there might be some slow parts in between all of those but they're still enjoyable throughout and that's why at this point it's number two yeah. and when we do captain america it's huh? still going to be my number two Ooh. <laughs> this is going to be my number two until we do captain america the first avenger Uh, So, so you mirror that? uh, I mirror that up to a point. I no, Kate. Kate has kept on going back and saying she wished Asgard looked different, like because it's just a bunch of weird floating buildings.
0: Like, see, I feel like they don't spend enough time in Asgard itself. Like, yeah, you you see it, you see like their teleportation chamber, you see the Rainbow Bridge, you see Odin's palace. Like, there's that's the world building Mm -hmm. for them. And that's about it. Like, in 2, you get a little bit more as, like, they're like, trying to escape Asgard. I'm
1: trying to remember what movie we were watching, and she's like, this is what Asgard should have looked like. But she doesn't, of course, call it Asgard. She's like, this is what Thor's world should have looked like. But also, I have no concept of what it should look like, you know? Like, castles, rainbows, waterfalls, like, ooh, I don't know.
0: I think it has all that, but I... For world building sake, I wouldn't mind them spending a little bit
1: more, more time. Well, their establishing shots leave a lot to be desired too, because it's just like geometric, really basic polygon CGI. It's like nothing that makes you feel like you've been transported to something that is ultimately more than our world, you know. Like, but also yeah. like it's a you show an establishing shot of it, you show some interiors, and then they're off the planet anyways. Like, mm-hmm. there's nothing to do really with Asgard to begin with, so they don't take that time with it. And I think that's half the reason they don't take the time with it, because when do you have time to really figure out the mapping and everything? Of I'm not saying the, the mapping, building, but I don't know. But,
0: but that's the thing. Like, I think that's part of why they should have spent more time there. Because, yeah, there's some good character stuff here, but the movie itself is extremely bland-looking. Because mm-hmm. the stuff that you see of Asgard is so quick, and you always wind up back in the palace that you don't get to have any feeling of, like, okay, this is a crazy awesome alien world. Because then, 30 seconds later, you're just back in the and desert. When they do... You're looking at the desert.
1: And when they are in the, like... Interior shops. It's all this old-timey, like, big banquet hall, like, long table or the th- throne room. It kind of looks like a weird room when you're not really sure why it's that advanced or alien or different. But the collector's world, and how yeah. stark and how, like, crazy, like, the bright, bright uh, red and the white. Like the white uh, and the design of that, and you're like, wow, this feels like we're inside of a curvy panel right now. Like when we're on that world, and there you're like, it looks like there's floating buildings, but then when you go inside, it's like, did we just go to a really bad Renaissance fair? Like it just, there's something about it that just still doesn't work for me. And going back to watch it now after watching the world building of Thor Ragnarok. It's even it's propped even further. Wow. I wouldn't I, I I definitely see exactly where you're coming from. Um I wouldn't see it going back to watch this, it would drop it even worse. I just see it as uh castle floating on a rock in face with a rainbow bridge. Like I, I, I don't <laughs> yeah, I had think yeah. I think nothing of it. It never really bothered me mm-hmm. what it looked like because I, I don't ultimately I don't care yeah, just, and I think you know you pour that skull into that fire real quick you're like burn this world uh like I'm like Hogwarts in the Harry mm-hmm. Potter world like that entity of that school is another character within those books and mm-hmm. those yeah. movies in these movies Asgard doesn't it doesn't matter it's not a place it's in your heart okay you know like it, wherever the people are <laughs> That's where Asgard is. Alright. That's what you took away from that movie, right? That's what they said in the movie. But Chris, I'm glad you and I agree on this a little bit here. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, it's... Yeah, it, it, it's a just, matter. as a place because... it do, No, it doesn't look it, as good as it could. E- even
0: when they go to like, the realm of the Frostlands, it's like, oh, now everything's yeah. dark. And snow. It's a very George Lucas way of aesthetic like setup because it's just like, okay, well this, this plan is going to be all this. This is all this. This town is, it's in New Mexico, just desert. Desert. Green. Fucking blue. Every, I've been to New Mexico. I went when I was a little kid, so I don't remember much of it. But now if I go down there, I just expect it to be desert and Dr. Pepper (laughs) machines. Like, that's all New Mexico is going I, to be. I'm pretty for sure
1: me. that is all what it is. That and Turquoise, you know, theory everywhere. also this is, this is Marvel Studios money, not Disney money. That's true. Um, I, I think
0: this movie does a great job of placing itself and setting up more stuff in the Marvel Universe, making you know that like, yes, things do matter. The stuff that you've seen before we're gonna throw back references to it. Those those movies are now validated. We're gonna be setting up more to go forward for you know the next one, and then bam, we're gonna be getting into Avengers, which I think Iron Man stands great on his own, Hulk stands okay on its own, Thor stands great on its own. If you were to just jump into Avengers without seeing any of those other movies, you would still at least know, like, okay, well, Captain America's a guy who throws a shield? Iron Man, rich guy with armor. The Hulk. Everyone knows the Hulk. Yeah, he gets mad, he gets strong. Thor, I think, is kind of required watching for this one because when you're thrown into it, you just have Loki already out there doing Loki shit, mind controlling people. And I, I think that's kind of jarring if you just went in being like, "All right, let me let me see what this Avengers." Thing well, the mind control is introduced in Avengers. No, yeah, yeah, but that's what I'm saying, like, in Avengers, like, you just, you have Loki just pop up, and then, like, that's kind of it. Like, you have to know who he is and what's happening uh, as you're going into that movie.
1: I think they do a good job, well, that, we'll talk about that during Avengers. It, I think they're literally yeah. just like, oh, it's, it's Thor's brother, Loki, like, and you're like, what? So yeah, A little bit. But I, I think we'll get into that talk when we go to Avengers, because I think Dr. Selvig has a couple lines like, no, if we open up a portal, we don't know what can come through. And so they're kind of setting up like, no, aliens can, you know, we'll talk about it when we get to Avengers, because I want to rewatch it. But
0: again, even in, even in Avengers, he's still just being that dude that's saying the sciencey stuff, because he's the dude that says the sciencey stuff now.
1: No, because I think that's going to be a key for me when we review Avengers, whether or not it stands alone as a movie, or if you need to really watch all the introduction, all the standalones. Like I think, I think that'll be an interesting uh, pick uh, on the retrospective. And
0: uh, yeah, it's it's hard to kind of because it's been a little bit since I've watched Avengers, (laughs) but thinking back to it. And having that knowledge, I can't imagine what it's like to just be a person going into that one fresh. So I, I can only really just mm-hmm. assume. Well,
1: my next feeling. that's how I'm going to go to that movie. I can really try to figure that out.
0: Yeah. Uh, but just to get my my top oh, yes, four out yes. there now. Because uh, I, I break with you guys. I actually have Iron Man 2 over Iron Man. Wow. What? Over Iron yeah. Man? We we Paul go back and I listen know. to our Iron Man two great movie Marvel. Uh, I'm going to be Marvel shocked in the Paul Duchenne every time you
1: mention it. I'm sorry
0: because i I think it's that's the one there we're like okay we're doing this like here we are world building it's go time uh, and then I have Iron Man two I do put Thor over Incredible Hulk though I don't feel the need to ever watch Incredible Hulk unless I am doing a podcast where we're going back and rewatching all the Marvel movies, Thor I could rewatch. Like I said, I showed this to my mom the first time like eight months ago, and she dug it. I don't know when I'll go back and watch it again because I now have Thor Ragnarok uh, that'll be available on DVD sometime within the next couple months that that's going to be my go-to Thor movie. That's not something like Avengers or Age of Ultron. Like the other movies that he's in that I think... it's a much stronger Thor showing. I would rather watch Thor in Avengers or Age of Ultron or Ragnarok than I would Thor or Dark World.
1: Uh, I did look it up. One hundred and fifty million dollars for Thor, and one
0: hundred uh, that, that was the, budget the budget or what they uh, one
1: hundred and eighty okay. million for Thor Ragnarok with its budget. Uh, Thor grossed four hundred forty nine million, mm-hmm. and Ragnarok grossed eight hundred and fifty three million. So thirty million dollars. Can we chop that up to inflation? Because it was eight years later. No, because inflation has been so low. But uh, budget for marketing. Yeah, you know what? Marketing was probably about similar. Just thirty dollars. Thirty million dollars more. What do you think they spent it on? Probably big contracts for all those people involved.
0: Um, just quick box office mojo. Hmm. Look up. Um, Thor, $181 million. Thor Dark World, $206 million. Thor Ragnarok, $314 million.
1: So a steady increase each and every time a Thor movie.
0: So de- definitely like a decent increase. And if the budget wasn't increased like, that much from picture to picture, they're definitely getting their return on this. Unless the royalties for that Led Zeppelin song are that expensive. <laughs> the immigrant song. That's yeah, the name of the thong. No, that's the name of it. But also interesting, um, similar number of theaters that they all opened in. Thor, 3,900. Thor Dark World, 3,800. Thor Ragnarok, 4,080. Like, It's not like it's getting a bigger footprint. It's just more people are seeing like these movies now. Guys,
1: I'm going to say it right now. I think the second Thor movie, Dark World, is going to rival Hulk. The lowest of the uh, I don't.
0: I don't know. I feel like I need to go back and rewatch it. Yeah, you're going
1: to try, and I, it's going to be hard to get through again. It's it, yeah. it by far is not a good movie. Because, because and I, I mean, I have my opinions on it, which I will save for the next in yeah. next couple shows when we review it. But I think they definitely had some missteps with the villain. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I feel like they could have done a lot more.
1: They got a great actor like Christopher Eccleston, and he has he's delivering lines that should have these great gravitas, but they're, he's doing it in Elvish, and you're reading it. So when he says like, "Bring the ships down and kill them all," and the guy's like, well, "He's gonna, you're gonna kill our men. I don't care. I want to kill the villains. I want to, I want to kill our enemies mm-hmm. more than I care about our soldiers." That's really, you know, boy, ooh, that's a really bad guy. But instead, it's and then you're reading it, and you're like, "Bring the ships down on our men." Um, oh wow! I'm
0: I'm pretty sure that you just said that exactly how it was said because that
1: sounded. <laughs> I, I thought it was Klingon. Honestly, like no, it's a lot harder. I'd have to oh, have some milk so, and get some. Phlegm. I'm sorry. My my subtitle um, on my on my Google Glass here must not be working because I, I those are just up. regular glasses. I picked it up as Klingon. But he picked them up on <laughs> Google. So. I bought them on Google, so like Google Glasses <laughs> tickled me. So the translation came in as um, Klingon, and he said, I wish you had a happy birthday. That's <laughs> weird.
0: So, yeah, I, I fell into more just general, like, curiosity. So I went to Box Office Mojo um, just to talk about the movies that we've discussed so far. Incredible Hulk is the one that has grossed the least. Then after that would be Thor. It was uh, the 14th highest grossing Marvel movie. Um, Iron Man 2 is the 10th. Iron Man is the 8th.
1: Interesting. So, yeah.
0: So, the one we'll be talking about next is Captain America The First Avenger, which is the second least... Highest grossing of the movies.
1: This is the one that would be the tough. Like, this is the one that I'm like, ugh, I gotta watch this one. Uh, I, I, I it's got some, we'll, we'll, we'll talk, we'll about, talk about, it. about it. And if you've got anything to talk about, find us over on the Facebook, find us over on our website, leave a comment on the show notes for this episode. Rate review us. We, we like, like that, that as well. Paul likes it a lot. And it would be very good if you did that. Thank you.